What's going on, Success Edge listeners? Tyler McCart coming at you live. Yes, I am live. Episode 22, Calling All Kings, Part 3. That is you, if you're listening. Here we go. So, Calling All Kings, Part 3. We are going to call this a wrap on the series of kind of bringing you guys up to speed on what is uh, kings and priests, basically, on a corporate level for the body of Christ. And I'm very excited about this. I've been excited about this for a long, long time. But I will have to say that I have been off the radar, off the grid. Yeah, Tyler McCart was off the grid for about three months there. I believe that episode 20 was the episode that I actually posted. And I went ahead and did episode 21 right after I got done. I mean, literally, as soon as I hit the end button or the stop button on episode 20, I went straight back into episode 21 that I just recently posted last week. And obviously, I didn't post episode 21 until one of my good friends, Kurt, uh, came to me at one of our um, my leadership conferences that I attend for my business and said, hey, man, when are you going to post, you know, something else in your podcast. I've been like checking it every week and haven't seen anything. You know what, what's going on? (laughs) So you can thank Kurt Crane, uh, who's a great friend of mine for actually encouraging me to get back on the horse. I'd kind of fell off the wagon. I had a lot of life. I'll admit a lot of life happened with me. Uh, the main thing, and actually was a blessing, Uh, From the Lord, uh, we had the birth of our third child, uh, Timothy Isaac Josiah McCart. Yes, that is a name full. And uh, uh, he's here. He's been here for four weeks. And I am very, very excited about Timothy. And in our household, I can tell you guys that it is a true statement. You'll hear people say this whenever you go from, uh, you know, two children to three children. You go from man-on-man defense to zone defense. No doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, it is it is on, I'm telling you, uh, in our household. And it's been some adjustments, but that's okay. But here we are. Uh, so I want to get back into, you know, this whole calling all kings. And again, you know, I mainly want to talk to kings. Okay. This is the whole purpose of my podcast. You know, I'm, you know, if you're a minister out there or if you, you know, have a ministry, that's great. You know, I'm all about, you know, helping you out. I hope this podcast does help you out. But, you know, my heart is for the entrepreneur, is for the professional, is for that, you know, um, stay-at-home mom, is that for that stay-at-home dad, uh, is for the person that is in college getting ready to make their uh, first step into the, you know, corporate arena or into basically owning their own business. Or if you're a business owner, you know, this is where my heart is. This is where my heart has always been is for you. And, you know, after so many years here, I just, I just turned 36. Um, you know, I've been, I've had my own business now for now 10 or 12 years, uh, 10 or 11 years, actually. Um, I've had my job now for uh, a good number of years. And, you know, God has blessed me. And I've read a lot of books and done a lot of studying and studied the word and studied other uh, books outside, you know, the, from the, from a, um, I guess, from a secular standpoint. 
And, you know, praise the Lord, I feel like I have some value to add. And I hope I do. I hope I come across as adding value to you. And that's what I want to do. And so this whole calling all kings, I just want to kind of do a real quick, quick, (laughs) you got to forgive me, guys. Sometimes uh, I am not the most polished speaker. What I want to do is kind of bring a a recap or a brief, you know, because we've covered some journey with this and I need to kind of bring a quick recap and with this whole kings and priests. So obviously Tyler um, went to church one, one, one Wednesday night, um, got introduced to this whole kings and priests uh, concept that I had never heard of before. Uh, Bill Winston, uh, uh, Bill Winston Ministries, go check him out. Uh, he's got a whole entire series on kings and priests, which is phenomenal. And it really launched me into becoming free or knowing my role in the body of Christ, that I'm called to be a king um, in in this, in this world right now uh, for the body of Christ. Now, here's the deal. Kings and priests basically kind of stems from a type and shadow of of what Israel had back in the Old Testament. And if you flash forward to, you know, Revelation, um, I believe it's chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, I think that's the, or 9 and 10, I, I don't recall right off the top of my head. I, maybe I might look at those verses later on. But anyway, it talks about in the, at the end times in the church, there's going to be kings and priests. Now, yes, there is going to be kings and priests. You are a king and a priest in your own household. All right. But on a corporate level on the, for the body of Christ, there are members of the body and everybody has got a role and everybody plays a part. And when you figure out your part in the body of Christ, man, you are set free. I mean, why is the book, um, purpose-driven life uh, was such a runaway success, uh, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. And the way I look at it is there are people out there craving, craving to know what their role is as a Christian. You know, once you get born again, you know, here's the thing, guys, you know, you're just not sitting around twiddling your thumbs, waiting on Jesus to come back or, you know, when you when we all get to heaven, you know, no, 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 no. We're not playing those games. We're here to kick butt and take names. We're here to kick Satan's butt, kick the enemy's butt. And the only way we are able to do that is if you know what your calling is and what your role is in the body of Christ and you start to function in that role with power and authority that has been given unto you. So, with that being said, Kings and Priests has been a great series for me. Um, I've studied it for the last maybe you know six or seven years now, and it has truly changed my life. And I did get the book that I referenced that I was going to be getting in um, episode uh, 20 and 21. Um, and the, the book's title is Kings and Priests and is by David R. High. That's H-A, no, excuse me, H-I-G-H, David High. Um you can actually find this book on, I think, either Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, probably, and download it. Uh, I did not find it in in the iBooks uh, library at all, but um, you definitely can find it in there and order it and so forth. And I can already tell you this: that um, Bill Winston is actually coming out with a book on Kings and Priests himself. It is on advanced order right now. I'm supposed to. It is supposed to hit uh, my mailbox 
on February the 4th, is what Barnes & Noble is telling me. But it's under Kings and Priests by Bill Winston. Uh, you can go look that up, and I bet you that'll be a great read for you if you're wanting to do some more, uh, getting some more understanding of this. But see, let's do this real quick. So Kings and Priests, here's the deal. As the body of you know the Israel, because it was the type and shadow of who we were, the bottom line was this right here. Here's here's how everything kind of split out. Okay, you've got obviously Revelations, you know, one verse six, where it talks about that we're kings and priests unto God, right? But in the Old Testament, there were roles. Okay, and this is how the body of Christ has to operate today, very similar to the children of Israel. So you had the priest or the Levitical role. And what did they do? What was their roles? What were their things they were doing? Well, the priest carried the responsibilities for hearing from God. Two, they offered sacrifices for the people. Three, they received tithes and offerings from the people. Four, they carried they cared for the house of God. Five, they cared for the widows and orphans. Six, they cared for the strangers at the gate. Seven, they spoke encouragement to the people before battle. All right? So that's what the priests role. That was what the Levite, the tribe of Levi uh, was tasked with, with ministering to the children of Israel. And if you today, please hear me on this. If you today are in full-time, and I stress full-time ministry, if you're in full-time ministry, then you fall up underneath that priestly role. You do. And that priestly role is, you know, the, in the, in the, you know, in the church today is the fivefold ministry, fivefold, you know, ministry, which is evangelists, pastors, teachers, you know, I can't remember all of them right off the top of my head, but it's those types of, those types of roles. Now, the other group, which is much, much, much larger than the priestly role is the kings. And just like the body, of, uh, the children of Israel, the kings were a lot bigger because there were 11 tribes um, of kings versus one tribe of priests. So you've got right here for the kings, here's what they were. They destroyed the enemies of God. They Number two, they took the spoils of war. Number three, they paid tithes and offerings to the priests. Number four, they governed the physical affairs of the nation. Very important. Very, very important. So if you're a king, you know, that's what you're tasked with. That's why you're in the marketplace. Again, like I say, going out and kicking butt and taking names. You take basically destroy the enemies of God. You don't destroy people. (laughs) Let me make sure I get that very clear. We're not destroying people, gang. We're destroying the enemies of God. Of God, which is obviously the enemy of God, which is Satan. I mean, everything boils down to God versus Satan. That's all it does. Well, you as a king are supposed to go in the marketplace and destroy and take back because that is where the enemy is. All right. You're supposed to take the spoils of the war. You're supposed to pay tithes and offerings to your priest. And we're supposed to govern the affairs of the nation. I want to read this uh, scripture verse to you, 
It's in Deuteronomy 17. I think it's very, very good. Um, actually, just kind of outlining just some of the things that kind of help out the priest, that kind of give the priest, you know, or not the priest, but actually the king, their role with what uh, it was in the Old Testament. And the same thing applies for us. So if you look in Deuteronomy 17, verse 14, you know, I'm just going to summarize 14 through 17. Basically, it's telling, you know, hey, God, when, when you enter the land, God's saying is when you enter the land, I already know that you're going to ask for a king because you want to be like the nations around it. Now, I can get into a whole different subject, you know, about that, but I won't. But you, he's God says you're going to have to appoint him from among your brothers, all right? He is not to try to accumulate um, horses, he says. They're not supposed to take you back to Egypt, he says that. He's not supposed to have many wives because your heart will be led astray and you're not supposed to accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. Okay, now hear me on this. I'll come back to that whole into silver and gold and all that stuff. Okay, but I want to read um, 18 through 20 because I think this is really kind of where that if you pay attention to 18 through 20 and you focus on the 18 through 20, you'll be a successful king. Let me say that again. You will be a successful king. So Deuteronomy 17, 18 to 20, and I'm going to read it. It says, and when he takes or she takes the throne of, uh, of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of the law Take from that, taken from that from the Levitical priest. It is to be with him and he is to read it all the days of his life so that he may learn to receive or revere the Lord, his God and follow carefully all the words of this law and these decrees and not consider himself better than his fellow Israelites and turn away from the law that the right, he's not supposed to turn away from the law from the right or to the left. And then his descendants will reign uh, a long time over the kingdom of Israel. So what does that have to do with us? What does that have to do with, you know, kind of where we fall? Well, the bottom, bottom line, the key thing for you as a king in life is the word. You've got to every day get into the word of God and meditate Look to the word, study the word to find how to operate as a king in life. And I'm going to help you out with this. All right. I'm going to help you out with this. I want to read this um, actual quick statement from, from this book, Kings and Priests by David High. And I think it's awesome. When I heard this, man, I thought this was just, when I read this and, you know, actually had my mentor read it to me, man, I got jacked. So let me read this to you. God made men to thrive on conquest. When men see their daily lives as being vitally important to the kingdom's success on planet Earth, something changes inside of them. When men, excuse me, when Monday through Friday is as big as a spiritual experience as Sunday, then we are making progress for the king's of the kingdom of God, today's battlefield is the marketplace. When men catch the vision that they are going to war to do 
exploits for God as providers of the kingdom, real life focuses occur. However, when men see the kingdom as a weekend thing that doesn't relate to their work, their need to conquest gets misplaced. When kings are not given proper vision to battle for to battle as providers, their need for conquest will spill spin off to other things. For example, in the Bible it talks about David. You know, David was obviously a God, a man after God's own heart. He definitely had, you know, that whole entire thing with him. Well, the deal is is that he lost his vision, you know, call it uh, that, you know, his fault, his priest's fault, the prophet's fault, whatever, did not put properly before him the vision where he was not going out and conquering and doing what he was assigned to do, doing his calling in his life, doing what he was good at. He was good at going out and kicking butt and taking names, but obviously he got distracted and decided to stay at home, well, that led to other things that he decided to do. And we all know that story um, in the account of Bathsheba with King David. Well, you know, a lot of times today it gets misplaced. These conquests, you know, for us as kings gets misplaced. You know, we think, oh, well, you know what, man, I'm going to go out and you know, shoot guns and, you know, do my long range shooting or whatever, or, you know, I'm going to go deer hunting, or I'm going to go hang gliding, or I'm going to go windsurfing, or I'm going to do whatever it is, not saying any of those things are bad. But when you are consumed with the word of God, and when you're consumed with the vision that your priest puts before you, you will move heaven and earth to go take back the spoils that the enemy has. And guess what? You will succeed. You will kick the enemy's butt. But the priest, again, this role, this divine partnership has got to come together properly where there's no competition, where the the priest is not bashing down the king saying, you're not spending enough time in my church. And the king doesn't feel guilty if he's going out there collecting spoils and, you know, doing business deals and winning wars and, you know, and stuff like that. And doesn't feel bad about it. I know I used to feel bad about it. But that's not what happens. But let me give you a perfect picture of what happens whenever a king and a priest lock arms together. If you go to Luke chapter five, verses one through 11, and I'm just going to summarize this just for time purposes, but it's basically where Simon Peter is. He was fishing all night. He was cleaning his nets. Jesus comes over. A big crowd comes up. Jesus asks, Hey, you know, Simon Peter, can I borrow your boat? Well, all of a sudden, guess what? Simon Peter says, sure, you know, I'll let you borrow my boat. Simon Peter uh, gives Jesus his boat, allows him to use his boat. Jesus preaches to the crowds and then turns to Simon Peter and says, hey, cast your net off to the side. 
uh, and you're going to haul in a great number of fish. Well, Simon Peter, you know, the, the quick, smart businessman that he was, he said, well, you know, we've, you know, fished all night, Lord, and ain't caught jack squat. Well, <laughs> but because you said so, Lord, I'll do it. Now, here's the thing. Peter, you got to think about this, okay? You can't just sit there and read that story and, oh, that's a great, you know, Bible story. No, 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 no. Listen, this guy was a businessman. This guy had a profession. He was a professional fisherman. This is how he made his living. And here a priest came into his life because Jesus obviously was operating under a priestly anointing, came into his life and said, hey, you know, let me use your boat. Let's kind of hook up together. And so obviously Peter invested some of his resources into Jesus' ministry. And as he invested some of his resources in his ministry, all of a sudden that priest was able to prophesy or give a spoken word over that, you know, businessman or over that king. And all of a sudden, looky, 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 what happened? Boatloads of fish. Boatloads that made the boat start to sink. Now, a lot of people don't even think about this, and I never thought about it until I started to you know, meditate on this you know, story. But what did Peter do after, after all the fish were done? Okay, think about this, guys. I want you to just think about this. This could have happened. I'm not saying it did, but you know what? I just have to think it happened this way because of the business mindset that Peter did have. What do you do with the fish after they got uh, came ashore with the, the you know boat sinking catch that they had? Where they weren't idiots, they didn't just say, "Well, we're just going to leave the fish to rot." And you know, I have a feeling that Peter took that those fish, sold them, made enough profit from that catch that allowed Peter to follow Jesus around for three years without having to ask for any support from anybody. How about that? Man, that's good right there. But that is a great picture-perfect scenario of a priest that can cast vision and is wanting to do a ministry out there and reach people, and a business person or a king comes into that life of that priest and offers the resources that that priest needs to do what God has called them to do. That's a perfect picture perfect. So if you can almost boil it down to this, and I'll wrap up with this, is the priest give the vision of what God needs to do in the earth, whether that means ministering to orphans or helping the, helping the needy or you know having more and more people get saved. Whatever that vision is, that's what that priest does, and he needs to stay in that role. Not try to do fundraisers, not try to do, but stay in that role. And the kings of the earth, which are you and I, need to partner with that vision and bring in the provision, the provision for that vision. So if you really believe in your priest vision, and it's a godly vision, man, Get ready to be blessed in your business more than you can even or in your job or anything like that that you can comprehend. Look what happened to Peter. His business sure to get blessed. So 
So what I'm going to do is my next episode, I'm going to talk about more. Really, I'm going to talk about more of how we do this, how we do this in the earth, how we actually operate in our gifts and callings and so forth. So, whoo, man, very exciting stuff. So thank you guys for putting up with me. I hope this uh, episode came across well. I believe it did. I got pretty passionate about it, but I, I am passionate about this. This is a great topic. So Calling All Kings, part three, we're going to call this a wrap. But I will say this, in the next couple episodes, we're going to talk about how this works. We're going to talk about how to actually do battle in the marketplace from a perspective of a kingdom of God perspective. All right? And we're actually going to utilize a book. And that book is actually a secular secular book. You've heard me reference it before. And it's called The Go-Giver. And I'm going to be going through this with you guys. Okay? So appreciate you guys. Look forward to talking to you soon next time. Thanks. God bless.